Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 209. Today, we're going to talk about perfectionism and the all or nothing approach or the all or nothing mindset. Uh, I've actually spoken a lot about managing our minds, mindset, believing in ourselves, overcoming uncertainty, and I'll pop all the relevant podcast episodes on those topics that go really well with today's conversation in the show notes. So don't forget about the show notes. Uh, I'll often pop relevant podcast episodes that relate to what we're talking about in our conversation in the show notes. So if you are newer to the podcast that's a great place to connect in with a particular topic. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast for a really long time, you've probably listened to the entire library, but it's kind of cool to go back and listen to relevant uh, episodes or conversations on particular things that you might be working on, fascinated by, challenged by, uh, And so they're there, just letting you know that they're there. So this, uh, what we're going to talk about today is something that I've been seeing quite a bit with uh, my coaching work within Warrior School, with my Warriors, and with myself. Uh, I've done this a lot with my own thinking, uh, my own life (laughs) before, uh, And it's work that actually most of us need to do. And the reason why most of us need to do this work that we're going to talk about today is that we have human brains, delicious human brains. They are amazing, but human brains love all or nothing thinking. They love it. They get off on it. They thrive off all or nothing thinking. And the reason why human brains love it is because there is no cognitive dissonance. There's no tension. There's no friction. It's like clean and simple when we are either all in or nothing, nada, all out, turning around, facing away, running away, (laughs) avoiding. Uh, There's no resistance. And there's no resistance because things are either one way up one end or they're the other way down the other end. And we can settle into the comfort at either end of that line, scale, thing, life. And there is absolutely no gray. There's no ambiguity there is just 100% positive that we're all in or that we're all right or that we're all good or we're 100% negative or positive that we're out, (laughs) that we're wrong or we're bad. Uh, And so we're way down the other end. And I see this a lot in my work. I've seen it a lot over the last 14 years uh, and I've experienced it a shit ton (laughs) in my own life. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little story. This is kind of where it starts for me. 
Well, my first memory of it starts here. So I'm about maybe seven, maybe eight, could be nine, somewhere around then. Uh, And I think I wanted to do little athletics. So in Australia, that's like athletics, but little because we're little humans. And so I think it was a Saturday or a Sunday morning. And I should ask my parents uh, because memory is a funny thing and memory and trauma are very funny things. Often it might, it could not be maybe the right memory or we're missing pieces from the memory. Anyway, I'm not a neuroscientist, so I, I ain't getting into that. But this is my memory of the situation, the experience. So it's like Saturday or Sunday morning early. Like we, I think it was in Canberra. So I was born in Canberra, grew up, uh, lived there till I was nine. And then we moved up the coast near Byron Bay. And so I'm pretty sure it was Canberra. I think it was like a cool, frosty morning in Canberra, turned up to Little Athletics and I can't really remember if it was straight away, but I remember being told to run, that I had to run down this field. And I remember not wanting to do it for whatever reason. And I didn't run. And my mother didn't allow me to go to a birthday party that day because I didn't run. I didn't participate. And that was my first memory of... I'm bad, I didn't do what I should have done, therefore I miss out or I need to be punished or I'm not worthy. I can't go to this thing because I didn't run. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I was also raised with this idea or this belief that we don't do things that we're not good at. So we don't do things that we are going to fail at. We don't do things that we can't do perfectly. And so I developed this really big fear of failure. Uh, And I have battled with perfectionism (laughs) for a very long time uh, and still do. Uh, There are still times where I get Uh, so stuck or it kind of infects my mind and it takes me a really long time to do things sometimes or I want to redo them or I think a lot about um, doing them before I do it or before I create it. Uh, The podcast is an example. Sometimes my writing, if I put an email out or a post out, Uh, sometimes even in my training, it's, I will put so much energy into preparing for the thing, trying to make it better, trying to make it perfect, uh, that it delays the doing, or I, I think I've shared this story before when I was Olympic weightlifting, I have kept a training diary for, I guess the last, what, 12, 13 years. And I remember when I was Olympic weightlifting, I 
became obsessed with the sport at being perfect at it, at lifting perfectly. And I had this, I had all of these training diaries that I would write in. And I remember that if I made a mistake in the training diary, I would rip out the page and I would start again. I would rewrite (laughs) the whole session Ah, because I had made a mistake on the page and I couldn't, I just couldn't cope with looking at that mistake on the page. And of course, that wastes a lot of time. It wastes a lot of energy. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, it's it's very mentally fatiguing. And I I remember when I was starting my uh, warrior school, starting my social media, this was, I don't know, five or six years ago now. I remember being paralyzed by perfectionism as well. And it would take me so long to put something out, put the work out, to ship it, if we want to quote Seth Godin. And uh, it was because of perfectionism. It needed to be perfect. Uh, It needed to look perfect. It needed to sound perfect. And I felt this a lot when I started my podcast, that it had to be perfect. And I found a really nice rhythm and an ease with it doing the audio recordings and then John set the task of videoing the podcast and that added another layer another element of friction for me because I and I battled with perfectionism I needed it to look perfect I wanted the exact setup the exact equipment you know I needed to look um, I need the lighting to look a certain way in the video and i began to become really obsessed and I still battle with it right now you know I'm filming this podcast episode right now (laughs) Uh, and I had just recorded one prior to this and I recorded the whole thing I filmed the whole thing and the video quality was terrible for some reason I don't know if I didn't put it in focus or it was just on the wrong setting but I won't use it and you know, I could I could work through that and, and probably use it, but I could also just film a shorter clip um, for the podcast episode if I wanted to post about it. But basically, I guess what I'm getting at is that I still find it hard to ditch perfectionism. And, and we're going to talk about this today a little bit, uh, this kind of idea of and... And then I've also experienced this all or nothing approach, you know, all this all or nothing mindset. If I, and that kind of comes from my childhood of we don't do things that aren't good, uh, we aren't good at or that we're not going to be perfect at. So we're either all in and we do it perfectly and we do it right and we're good or we're going to avoid it and we're all out and because we won't do it right. It won't be perfect and therefore we won't be good. <laughs> and, oh, that is a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And I would say that I've really worked on it, especially over the last decade, even more so over the last five years. And I'm going to share some stuff with you today about it. Oh, all right. So, have you ever said to yourself that you aren't able to do something perfectly? It's so it's not worth doing at all. Hands up. (laughs) 
me, I have, I've said it so many times, I've said to myself, if it's not perfect, we're not doing it at all. So that is an example of all or nothing thinking. If I can't train five days a week for an hour and push myself really hard, I'm not going to train at all. If I can't do the diet fully or do the tracking, uh, I'm not going to do it at all. Those are examples of all or nothing thinking. Uh, If I can't produce the perfect video for the podcast, I'm not going to video at all. (laughs) Incredibly common. This type of thinking is incredibly common, especially when it comes to health and fitness. And I would say, you know, being in the business world now and small business, uh, coach, creative, I would say it's incredibly common for business owners, small business owners. <laughs> uh, and as I said, it's a really safe way to think. We feel really safe when we think about things in an all or nothing way. As I said, there's no cognitive dissonance. There's no um, friction. We just have... positivity that we are either down one end or the other end. So all in or all out. And this mindset actually really limits our ability to reach our goals and to do the work. So for me, I know it stopped me or really slowed down my process of production uh, in my work, sometimes, not all of the time. And I've, I've had to really push through, which we'll talk about today. Uh, all of the stuff that you see me do, you know, doesn't come with ease all of the time, but I've definitely learned to do it. I've earned the ease by really working on, you know, ditching my perfectionism or letting it go and really letting this all or nothing thinking go, uh, which happens a lot with our training. So I really want you to know and I really want to talk about this freedom in the word and instead of or. And I've spoken about this before. So when we can hold the truth of both of those things, you know, of both things being true at the same time and we can use our brain, a lovely brain, uh, critically, (laughs) we can evolve ourselves much more quickly. And I don't know about you, but I really want to evolve quickly. I want to evolve powerfully. I want to do amazing work. I want to help more women. I want to create more. I want to do more podcasts. I want to train more. I want to train harder. I want to do all of these things with my body. But if I am riddled with perfectionism and I've got this all or nothing mindset or approach and mindset is like the thoughts and the stories that we tell ourselves, the approach would be like the action or the behaviors that I take. Uh, If I have that, well, it's really going to slow my progress. I, and I'm not evolving myself quickly. And I think we don't have much time here. 
We want to evolve and learn and grow and produce and connect as much as we can while we're here. (laughs) But because we have this all or nothing mindset, what I see is that we run away. We avoid, uh, we give up, we turn our back to the friction. And I see this a lot actually in my work. Uh, Women, we just have this tendency because we are riddled with perfectionism. We have this all or nothing mindset. We either do it, we're perfect, or we don't do it at all because we're going to fail at it. What a lot of women do is that they actually avoid. So they'll turn their back. They'll shy away from the friction, from the resistance. uh, And then maybe they stop communicating uh, and they tend to move back towards the nothing. That's kind of where they're slowly like creeping back towards now some women sprint back there but a lot of the time you know they'll go all in and we'll get really excited about something but then we get really stuck because it's not going to plan it's not perfect Uh, and so then we kind of turn around and we either sprint (laughs) or we start to slowly creep our way back to the nothing because we're just trying to protect yeah Super normal as well to protect ourselves uh, from f- from the f- failure or um, shame or exposure or hurt or whatever the feeling is. Uh, so often I see women become really crappy communicators. They'll just avoid uh, because it feels too hard, too overwhelming, too frustrating. Uh, they'll they won't ask for help um, so they'll suffer alone (laughs) they'll drown in their perfectionism or all or nothing thinking before they reach out and put people at their table Uh, and they often can't see a way out and so their only way out that they see in the end is back to the nothing (laughs) or we shift gears and we go all in on a new thing and so we change it's a new thing and you know you you see this all the time with diet culture yeah that's why it's been around for a really long time she's a multi-billion dollar industry same as the fitness industry this is why i said it's really common um all or nothing approach all or nothing thinking when it comes to our health and fitness this is why they have thrived in their billion dollar industries is we'll be trying something and it will feel hard we'll feel friction we feel like it won't be working and now of course some stuff it doesn't work for us yeah there's been many women that I've worked with that have tried to eat a certain way or train a certain way and over time they realize that it actually doesn't work Uh, you know over the last five or seven years there's been some amazing women doing amazing work in female physiology and you know, really bringing to the forefront a different way, a different way to train. And the biggest thing that I've learned in the last five to seven years, and I even learned this before when I was working with my coach in 2012, you know, he taught me about building a foundation, but he also taught me about the importance of a process and a method. So a strategy essentially, and I didn't have the language for it back then, but essentially he taught me strategy and that's the biggest thing that's missing from the health and fitness space is we don't have a strategy and so over the last five or seven years there's been all this research and information 
which is amazing with females and females in sport, female athletes, female physiology, female in the menstrual cycle. Uh, But what the missing piece is that we need help. A lot of women need help creating a strategy with all of that information. And that is our essential role as coaches or leaders in this health and fitness space is to help them create a strategy Because if we don't have the strategy, we fall into all or nothing thinking. If we're told that we need to strength train three times a week, lift really heavy weights, less than six reps uh, to technical failure, we need to do two, you know, three zone, two sessions a week for 80 minutes, Uh, we should be walking 10,000 steps a day and we should do a sit or a hit session. We're told all of this information. And so, of course, we, we want to be healthy. We want to be strong. We want to be well. I, I truly believe that we've been chasing that on, and trying to get that, some of us, for years or decades. And one, I celebrate you and I commend you that you want to have energy and you want to feel great in your body and you want to create a body that you love. I celebrate you that you've been trying but then you're, we've been told all, all of this stuff and it's, an, it's amazing information. It's amazing research. It's so cool. But, and so you go all in and you try, <laughs> you try and do it all. And then you realize that you can't. Maybe you don't have the energy. You don't have the time. Uh, maybe something starts to come up in your body. Maybe you're then you know, you can't do it perfectly because it kind of, it goes to plan and there's a rhythm for a while, but then something comes up. So you get sick or you get injured or someone in your family gets sick or you go on holidays and you travel. And so that rhythm gets disrupted. And then you're like, F. (laughs) And the mind doesn't like that. And so it wants, it will move away from it. And so then you're all out and you're going to go to nothing because you're like, well, that didn't work. But it didn't work because you didn't come to the middle, the middle, the messy middle. Everyone loves the messy middle. You're so lucky that I got to sing to you. But the strategy, so that all or nothing, the all in, like that could work if you had a strategy, So it does work. Yeah, I've done it myself. I work with women who do that with their training. But one, they actually had to work really hard to get energy to build a strong nervous system, to build a strong foundation. They had to spend like a year, you know, building strength, walking. And now they're looking at implementing all of that stuff that the research has found that's super cool, that's going to help them. It's going to help their hormones. But they're doing it with a strategy. So they're having someone lead them through it. And then also someone is there, someone being me, but it could be any any coach, any good coach. Uh, so Libby, Leela, Kitty, uh, just to name a couple, because uh, they're a couple of my favorite, favorite women that do amazing work. Uh, those women are then there to help you modify the strategy based on what's going on in your life because things are going to come up. I've spoken about this a lot recently on the podcast. As I said at the start of the podcast episode, it's a it's a conversation I'm having loads with my women. So my, my women will come into warrior school and they'll be really excited. They'll be excited that 
They are going to start working with me. A lot of women have been in my world for years. So they've listened to the entire podcast library. You know, they've been following me for a really long time. And then they feel like they're ready, which again, this is a conversation for another podcast episode. This kind of, this thing that we do as women, like waiting to be ready. Uh, And so when they come in, they're really excited. And then I slow them down and we start really slow, building out their training foundation, building out their food strategy. A few months in, they start to feel a little bit of friction that you know things might start taking things feel like they're taking a little bit longer yes they notice an improvement in energy they're noticing an improvement in their sleep but they're like oh like I'm still like really struggling learning the lift or I still feel like I can't lift heavy or I still feel a little bit low in energy or I feel like my body hasn't changed and then we get a bit deeper into the practice six months nine months and a lot of their biomarkers feel you know are way better they're, they can they know how to lift and move well. They're starting to lift heavy weight, but then their body composition still hasn't shifted dramatically, like big, long-lasting changes and shifts. There's been, you know, there might be small. And so then they start to question. They question the approach. They question what they're doing. They think they need to do more. The all or nothing mindset starts to creep in. <laughs> I actually had a really cool conversation with one of my warriors a couple of weeks ago and I I think I've written a couple of posts on it. I wrote an email on it. Uh, if you aren't on my email list and you'd love to be, just head to my website and whack your email uh, in the email sign up at the bottom of the um, website page. Or I think you can click the link in my bio on the gram and sign up. I kind of just go a little bit deeper into uh, the work that I do with the warriors, how I lead them through certain challenges or obstacles. Anyway, we're having this uh, cool conversation about staying the course. And this came from, she was just sharing that we've been, to, we've been working together for a year and she thought that she would have uh, been a bit further ahead Uh, in her journey when it came to uh, changing her body composition and so I just helped her work through that she just shared with me that she was having a hard time staying the course this is another way to think about all or nothing thinking or all or nothing approach she wanted to try something new she wanted to just give up on what she was doing uh, and change and do something different. And I'm sure, you know, you can resonate. I've felt this myself. Uh, and sometimes that's right. And I will say that sometimes that is the right approach. That's the right thing to do. Uh, and that will depend on you, <laughs> where you're at, your journey, your body. It depends on a lot of things. But in the case of this warrior, I know that she's on the right course. Uh, One, because I'm helping her create it and I've been doing it for 14 years. I've done it myself and I've helped thousands of women. So I knew that there was no other course. That is, (laughs) I I forget, I was having a conversation with another warrior uh, and maybe she referenced this, the email that I wrote about staying the course, uh, which I'm going to go into in a second. I'm just taking a little bit of a, uh, a little detour and, uh, I was saying to her, 
yeah, like I, I'm not lying. I'm not hiding anything. Like this is it. This is the course. This is the journey. Uh, this is, we've got to stay on this course. We've got to build the foundation. We've got to get more energy in. We've got to build our food strategy. We've got to sleep. We've got to learn how to train, learn how to lift. And we've just got to keep doing it. <laughs> and we've got to get, you know, we've got to learn how to adjust and modify, obviously progress. You know, things will change along the way a little bit, but really that is the course. There is no other course. <laughs> I'm on the same course that I was on 12 years ago when it comes to my training. Yes, of course, I've gone off, you know, off into Olympic weightlifting and now I'm doing, you know, cardiovascular sprinting, running, plyometric stuff, but I'm still on the course because my course is to be as healthy, as strong, as capable, as resilient, to feel, to have energy, to feel great in my body, to create the body that I love, to feel confident, to feel sexy. Like that's my vision. That's my course. Uh, to sleep well, all of these things. And so, yes, the course might change a little bit, but there is no other course. That's it. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the original conversation. She was struggling with staying the course she she knew logically that that was the right course for her but emotionally you know and this all or nothing thinking that she's really struggled with before was creeping in and so she just wanted some help with that so there's three parts to this or three steps uh, and this can really help with your all or nothing thinking uh, the first is you got to celebrate your wins you got to celebrate the wins. So she had been with me for a year. And I think I've spoken about this before on the podcast. So I'm not going to go too deep. But basically, she had so many wins from that year. The Just the, the big one, and I guess, you know, what results meant to her was a bigger body composition change in that year. That's what her mind thought were results or the results that she won. Uh, so... The first step we did was we just went through and looked at all of her wins and we celebrated all of those wins. And we can do that and demand more from ourselves. And I've spoken about this before on the podcast. And we can bring this word in. We can celebrate ourselves and claim our wins she can claim the fact that she's trained the most consistently she's ever trained in her life. She can claim that she can track her food and not be triggered and not fall into disordered eating patterns and really be empowered by what she finds. She can step on the scale and not be triggered by her weight. She has more energy. She's sleeping better. She's not in as much pain. She's lifting uh the most weight she's ever lifted in her life. And she can demand more from herself. That's okay. And, and not all or nothing or <laughs> nothing. And the second step was I asked her, okay, well, what would you do differently? If you had that year again, tell me what you would change. What would you do differently? And so she, you know, she said a couple of things um, 
But that's also a great question to ask yourself. If you're doing something and you start to fall into this all or nothing thinking pattern, ask yourself, okay, well, what would I do differently? Would I do anything differently? Or am I actually doing everything that I can right now with my knowledge, my skills, my tools, my resources, my energy, my time? Am I doing everything I can to help me get where I want to go? Or am I not? You know, and be truthful with yourself. What would you do differently? Or you could also ask, what would I change right now that might help me move towards where I want to go in maybe a more efficient and effective way? Not a shortcut, not fast, but just efficient and more effective. Because I think that's what we really want. Yeah, we just want to be a little bit more efficient and we want to be a little bit more effective. (laughs) Uh, And so ask yourself that question. And then the last thing, the last step is, okay, well, then we need to create a new plan or a new strategy. It's not all or nothing. We might just need to tweak a few things. And this is the work that we do in the middle. We tweak. (laughs) We don't turn around and run away and give up. We don't burn it all to the ground, as John Marsh, my business coach, says. Even though we want to, even though sometimes I want to, we don't. We're shifting away from all and nothing to being in the messy middle. And it's the messy middle where we start to build a bigger connection to ourselves, a stronger connection to ourselves, more powerful one. We start to learn more about ourselves. We start to build more trust with ourselves. Uh, We make small changes to our strategy and our plan that helps us keep progressing forward. I love that you could probably hear I don't know. I've just got some nice noises going on in the background here. You could probably hear the air blower from the um, landscapers out the front. And you could probably hear my dog chomping on a bone. So I apologize if you can. But we're powering ahead uh, because it's not perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. Here I am. Uh, It's not going to break, make or break you listening to this podcast episode. I hope not. Uh, But let's keep going. So as I said, I want you to know that there's freedom in the word and, all right, so we can be somewhere experiencing something, we can celebrate that, we can look at making a small change in that, and we can still demand more from ourselves, all right, we can still demand more. So when... I work with my warriors. I work a lot with those three steps to help them stay the course. And at the start, you know, not a lot of them believe me. (laughs) Uh, It takes about a year and then they believe that this is the right course, that it does work. uh, But it's hard to trust. And I think that that's also a big thing is that we've tried lots of stuff before. It hasn't worked. We don't really trust ourselves, maybe our decision making, because those things didn't work. We don't really trust the process because we're not really seeing the results. But I think I'll ask you, well, what does results mean to you? That's a really important question to ask yourself. What do results mean to you? And I ask my warriors in their discovery call or their launch call, okay, well, what results do you want? What, what's your goals? over the next 12 months you know what does that look like what does that mean to you because I want to know I need to know if I'm leading them what results means to them 
Uh, and then one of my roles is to help them achieve those results. But some of those results aren't realistic within three months, six months, even 12 months. As I've said before, some of us have got a lot of shit to work through and do um, before we can get those big, long lasting results or changes. So those three uh, steps can be really helpful if you're really struggling with perfectionism, with this all or nothing thinking. Also, just we got to start with one thing. So a lot of my women, they'll want to come in and they'll want to overhaul all of their nutrition. And I don't work like that. I don't provide meal plans. I don't set calories. We work on a particular strategy or one foundation, one thing. A lot of my women, it's creating stability in the morning. So making sure they're eating 30 to 60 minutes of waking and looking at what the composition of that meal is and finding a meal that really works for them to set them up uh, for the rest of the day. That's the one thing we work on. And we work on that until we've nailed it. Uh, Now, I don't mean nail it as in it's perfect, but I mean we get really comfortable with it. We've got a good rhythm with it. We own that pattern, that behavior, that rhythm. Then we move on to the next thing. But a lot of my women feel friction at the start because they just want to overhaul it all. But we've got to take it one step at a time. So we've got to do small, consistent actions. So what small, consistent action can you take? Or what small change can you make to your plan or your strategy that helps you keep moving forward? And I can tell (laughs) you, walking away from it or avoiding it or not doing it because you can't do it perfectly ain't the right answer most of the time. Uh, And the other part to this that gives us more confidence, that allows us to play in the middle It's just truly understanding how to do it, like the importance of learning how to confidently modify and adapt the plan or the strategy or the training or the food. And this is a skill. And the only way to get good at this is with time. It takes time to learn about your body, about training, about food, about different stress conditions and your response to those conditions. It takes time to create an elegant mind. It takes time to move away from all or nothing thinking and come into the middle. And the only way you get really good at this is with time. It takes time, about a year. (laughs) Okay, Uh, do I want to say anything else? The perfectionism thing, I think the stuff that we spoke through can be helpful for the perfectionism thing. Uh, For me, what's been most helpful is just speed, speed of work, like just producing, just producing podcasts, practice, you know, even though they're not perfect, just get it out there, just produce Uh, with my training, uh, I, you know, I got stuck for so long of everything having to be perfect. And I was just like, nope, you just got to produce. You just got to get the reps in, get the time in. It doesn't have to be perfect. The consistency is what's important because if the perfectionism is stopping you from being consistent, you're never going to earn the ease of that thing or you're never going to master that thing or even come close to maybe. There's nothing wrong also with chasing perfectionism or chasing 
You know, I want to produce amazing work. I want to be proud of it. I do want to put effort into it. I want that to be noticed. Carson was doing some stuff with my pull-up program and it's taken me a little longer than I wanted it to take. Uh, And part of that, yes, is because I've got this perfectionism stuff that I'm trying to work through. But Carson's like, man, you're really putting a lot of like, you know, effort and attention and detail into this thing and you're not going to sell it for a lot of money. And I'm like, no, but it's the value. It's the value that you provide. It's the value that I want to provide. And when you get this pull-up program, when you purchase it, I want you to see that, hey, it's been well thought out. It's well delivered. It's like the best pull-up program I've ever seen. Because and. (laughs) Uh, And so I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to do great work, but it can't be at the detriment or it can't, you can't not do it. Like it can't stop you from doing a thing, perfectionism. So you've got to let it go, let it go a little bit. So now when I write in a training diary and I make a mistake, I just make a mistake and I have to just, I'm going to leave it there because it's not worth my energy and my time to rewrite it or redo it. Uh, And that's just one small example. You know, I can give you many when it comes to my work and my podcasts, um, And when you think of your training, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. What I say to my women is I just, you want, I need you to show up, show up and start and do the work and do the best that you can truthfully based on how you feel, how your body is that day, what's going on in your life. And the session doesn't have to be perfect, but you got to show up to it. And over time, you're going to earn the ease. You're going to get better. You're going to get closer. I don't even want to say closer to perfection because we're not chasing that, but closer to progress, closer to results. Um, Okay, so play in the middle. And if you need help playing in the middle, if you're an all or nothing thinker and that's how you approach a lot of things and you really want help trying to play in the middle so you can get more energy build insane strength, create the body that you love, you know, come and check out Warrior School. That's kind of our jam. That's what we do. All right, Warrior, thanks so much for listening. I truly appreciate you. Uh, And one, I celebrate you. I'm celebrating you because you're here. You're listening. You're learning. I know you want to feel better. I know you want to create the body that you love. I know you want more confidence. Uh, And you're trying, you're learning, you're listening. But I would say one thing that I really want you to focus on is ditching perfectionism and kicking all or nothing thinking and approaches to the curb. All right, bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another warrior woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, warrior woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.